Romans chapter 12, I want to read verses 6 through 8 to you. Since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, each of us is to exercise them accordingly. If prophecy, according to the proportion of his faith. If service, in his serving. Or he who teaches, in his teaching. Or he who exhorts, in his exhortation. He who gives with liberality. He who leads with diligence. He who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Now keep in mind, these spiritual gifts are given to us because of God's grace. That's exactly what that text just says that we've read. We do not earn these gifts any more than what we earn the gift of salvation. Now it's a matter of God choosing to give these gifts to us. And God makes no mistake. He he never gives to us a gift that is not suited for us. And when we discover what our spiritual gift is, and we begin to use that gift to His glory and to the building up of the church, then we are going to find joy and fulfillment. I made reference last week to Mark Christian, who is a a preacher over at Orinoco, Missouri, Christ Church there. Uh, He said in a sermon recently that he was preaching to his congregation When we discover what that spiritual gift is that we have, and we begin using that gift, then we will wag our tail like a puppy dog. I'm mindful of my good friend Troy Pyatt. I don't know if Troy's here today. Uh, Probably going to be here second service. But uh, Troy often will use his gift of service through his talent and his ability to cook. And many of you possibly have had the, uh, the opportunity to just sit down and eat some of Troy's cooking, or maybe you've had some of his smoked meats. I, one word comes to mind when I think of Troy's cooking. Delicious. <laughs> I mean, whatever he puts on the table, you know it's going to be good, and that is a, a comes from a talent that he has worked on for years and years, he has put that talent into practice. And what a, what a beautiful thing is, he has, has figured a way out to use that talent to exercise his spiritual gift of service. Maybe, maybe you've sat down at the table, ladies, for one of the functions that Marcy has, has organized and Troy has been the cook behind that function. And you've enjoyed his cooking or maybe it's a mops breakfast on a on a friday morning that he is cooking for those young moms or or maybe you've experienced this if you're a new member uh, as he has been doing lately he has put the bug in my ear and he has said hey why don't you just invite a couple of new member families on tuesday night and and i'll cook a meal for them and we'll all just sit down together and we'll enjoy that meal together and that's what happens we we come and we we sit down and we eat a nice meal and we chit chat for the evening we get to know one another better and, and encouragement is given out that is a ministry that troy and tanya are doing on their own god has given them that idea And then they have put hands and feet to that idea to make it a reality. Troy does the cooking, but I've noticed something else. I've noticed Tanya 
his wife behind the scenes. She's got her hands in the dishwater and she's serving and she's helping clean up or she's maybe pouring drinks or she's refilling the drinks as as people uh, need more. They both have the gift of service and their tails are wagging as they utilize their spiritual gift to the glory of God and to the building up of the Lord's church. I'm thinking of another friend of mine, Charles Parsons. Charles has been away from Fort Scott for several years, but, but I, I'm thinking of the many times that Charles has used his talent and ability in chiropractic care to be the funnel through which he would exercise his spiritual gift of giving. Charles is one of the most giving people that I have ever been around. I don't know the number of times that I have taken a preacher or a missionary to Charles for him to work on them. Folks who have have come and they're visiting us for a period of time and and maybe they've got back ailments or or their body just hurts and I'm, I'm taking them to Charles and it's like he has healing hands for that person. They maybe have been barely able to walk into his office because of such pain and misery in their body. But over an examination, Charles would find their problem and he would help them. And then he wouldn't charge them a dime. I mean, they'd try to pay him. I'd try to pay him, but he would refuse payment. It was his gift to these special servants of God. And you know what the end result was? They, ma- they were made to feel better and they were encouraged and God was glorified and Charles was wagging his tail because he was utilizing his spiritual gift of giving. I want to encourage each and every one of you to try your best to discover what your spiritual gift is and begin to use that gift to His glory and to the building up of the Lord's kingdom. Last week, as we were here in the same passage of Scripture from Romans chapter 12, we looked at four spiritual gifts. We looked at the gift of prophecy, which is the gift of preaching. We looked at the gift of service. We looked at the gift of teaching. We looked at the gift of encouragement. Today, as, as we have time, I want us to look at these remaining three gifts in this passage of Scripture. The fifth gift that is mentioned in this passage is the gift of giving. What a wonderful gift. And what an impact a person with this gift can have on people and on the kingdom of God. I'm mindful of Dorcas and in Acts chapter 9. Dorcas was a person who had an incredible talent with her hands. In today's language, we would call her a seamstress. Or, or maybe a quilter, a, a crocheter, a knitter. Those are the kinds of works that Dorcas did with her hands. According to verse 37 of that chapter, Dorcas got sick and she died. And Peter shows up and all of these people who are friends of Dorcas's, they're, they're broken hearted and they are having in their hands the things which Dorcas has made for them. She was a giver. I saw something very similar just a few weeks ago. Mary Seaver, 
was an older lady who passed away. Some of you may know Mary. She's grown up uh, all in, in this area all of her life and uh, lived on the east side of town out on a farm. And, and uh, the last few years, she has been at Guest Home Estate. She had come to our church in her latter years of life. Mary was a quilter. And at that funeral service, they brought several quilts that Mary had made for her kids and for her grandkids she was a giver. And, and I was amazed at the number of lives that she had touched through her giving. Now please understand, the gift of giving will show up in a variety of ways. Obviously, one of the ways this gift will show up is when the offering plates are passed. There will be some who lead the way in giving. Now, every one of us are to give to the Lord from that which He has provided for us. But the person who has the gift of giving is going to excel in this area. They're going to be excited to give. They're going to be glad to give. They're not going to be one who has to be prompted or, or pushed to give. Rather, they are going to, to look for the opportunity. Their eyes are going to be open and, and they're going to want to give back to God graciously from that which He has supplied for them. It's a privilege for this person to give. It's not a hassle. The giver knows that he or she can never outgive God. And so they just give and they give and they give knowing that God is going to take care of them. We give with a teaspoon knowing that God gives back with a tablespoon. We give with a shovel full, knowing that God gives back with a bushel basket full. You see, we just can't outgive God. And the person who has this gift of giving knows that to be true. This is the only area that I can think of in all of Scripture where we are told to test God. Malachi chapter 3, verse 10 says, Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house and test me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you a blessing until it overflows. The person who has the gift of giving knows this to be true. He knows that you cannot outgive God. And he has story after story of how God has kept this promise. I'm mindful of the, of the lady, the widow lady in Mark chapter 12. She gave her last two coins to the temple treasury. And Jesus commended her for that. He said that she gave more from her poverty than what the Pharisees gave out of their surplus. You know what that tells me? That tells me that a person who has the gift of giving doesn't always need to be a rich person. Rather, they, they can be dirt poor and still have the gift of giving. They are simply giving from what they have. And it doesn't always need to be money that is given. It can be food that is given. It can be clothes and it doesn't have to be new clothes. I remember numerous times in those early years when our kids were little that someone graciously might bring to us a sack of toddler clothes or a sack of baby clothes and we would we would get home and we would go through that sack and it was like Christmas in July to see those clothes that we might could could use to dress our kids in. 
It was a joy for the person who was giving the gift. It was also a joy for us as we received the gift. This gift of giving, it is an amazing gift to have. And really, it's one that more of us should pursue. It, you talk about something to get your tail wagging. This will get your tail wagging. If you become a giver, Jesus said it's more blessed to give than to receive. You want your tail to wag? You want some excitement in your Christianity? Then you pursue the gift of giving. And God will bless you. My daughter Rebecca is going to move into an apartment there in Stillwater, Oklahoma. And so she has been in the market for some furniture to put in, in that apartment. And one of the families there in the church got wind of that. And they gave to her an incredible gift. They gave to her a couch with a recliner on each end of that couch. They gave to her a matching love seat that both sides of the love seat has recliners to it and a matching recliner. And these pieces of furniture, I've not seen them. I've seen a picture of them. They look brand new. She's now got more reclining furniture than what I've got. <laughs> but you know what? That family... That's, that's kind of what they do, Rebecca said. They just like to give. They look for opportunities to give. Their eyes are open. Their ears are open. Their antennas are up. And when they see an opportunity to give to someone, that's what they do because they have the gift of giving. And I'm just thinking probably their tails are wagging. And you know what? Rebecca's tail was wagging too. This gift of giving is... It's such a blessing. And I'll emphasize it again. All of us are to give of our resources to God. Just because a person does not have the gift of giving, that doesn't excuse us from giving as the offering plate is passed. And Jesus did commend the tithe in the New Testament. But there will be some who lead the way in giving. And these are the ones who have this spiritual gift. Their eyes are open. And not just are they giving money, but they are looking for opportunities to meet people's needs. Maybe they will see a widow and they'll be prompted by the Holy Spirit to help her in a particular area. Maybe they'll cross paths with, with uh, a young person and they'll hear that, that young person struggling to come up with the money for CIY or for camp. And, and so this person with the gift of giving anonymously helps with that need. Maybe they'll, see a, a, they'll read in the newspaper about a cleanup effort across the community and maybe that's an area that they'll want to help with. This gift of giving, it will show up in lots of different ways and lots of different areas. And it's to the glory of God. And it's to the building up of the Lord's church. It's not for our own building up but it's to the glory of God and the building up of the church. And Paul says this, if this is your gift, the gift of giving, then give generously. Right there in the text. Let's go to the sixth gift. 
that is in this passage of Scripture, the gift of leadership. I found this definition in some of the materials that I looked at. In fact, I have two definitions, and I think I have them for you in your bulletin. They'll be on the screen as well. Let me read them to you. One, the gift of leadership is the special gift whereby the Spirit enables certain Christians to motivate, direct, and inspire God's people in such a way that they voluntarily and harmoniously work together to do the church's work effectively. Here's a second definition for this leadership gift. The gift of leadership is the distinctive ability to influence others according to the big picture purpose, mission, or plan. Or does the church need some folks with this spiritual gift? Let me ask you a question. Do you think the guy who stands here in this pulpit always has the gift of leadership? Not always. Any more than what he always has the gift of evangelism. You see, what, what we've said through this series is that the different gifts are dispensed out amongst the body of believers and the person here doesn't have all of the gifts any more than what any of you would have all of the gifts. I don't care if it's Billy Graham that's standing here, or Andy Stanley, or Kyle Eidelman. The preacher doesn't have every gift to help the church grow. If he did, then it could just be a one-man show. And who, who wants that? God certainly doesn't want that. God didn't design the church to be a one-man show. Now granted, it would help if... He has the gift of leadership, but maybe he's got some other very valuable gifts that he's contributing to the body. So what needs to happen here? What needs to happen is this, that every, everyone in the body is contributing their portion of gift to the body, to build up the body, to give glory to God. And when every person is granting is giving their contribution of gift, then the church is going to grow. And yes, for sure, the church needs those who have the gift of leadership. I'm thinking of men like Joshua and Caleb in the Old Testament. They had the gift of leadership. Do you remember when all of the people doubted that they could go in and take the land of Canaan and 10 of the 12 spies were saying, no, no, we cannot take the land. The people there are too strong. They're too big. The cities are fortified. We're like grasshoppers in their sight. It was Joshua and Caleb who stepped up and said, no, we can take the land. We can do this. We can overcome. These fellows were leaders who stepped up to lead. They challenged the status quo. They stood against the pressure of the masses and they tried to take the crowd in a direction that they really didn't want to go. They were leaders. But note this, they were leaders who had faith in God. They were not confident so much in their own ability to lead the people, but they were confident in God that He could lead them and that He could do wonders through them and that His power and His ability was unparalleled. 
They had faith that God would keep his promises. And so the church today needs leaders who will step up to lead. Leaders who will be in step with God's plan for the church. I was thinking as preparing for this sermon, what, what kind of leaders do we need here in the church? Well, we need leaders who are godly and full of integrity. We need leaders who are Spirit-filled and Spirit-led. We need leaders who are humble enough that they can hear God's voice and strong enough that they will follow God's voice even if a man's voice is saying something different. And the leader needs to see the big picture. The leader needs to, to understand the overall mission of the church. And what is the overall mission of the church? The mission of the church is to win the world, to make disciples and go and, and, and baptize people into Jesus Christ. Those are the kind of leaders that we need who understand the big picture of the church and then to understand, okay, what do we need to do to get there to accomplish this mission? And the leader is one who isn't just pointing people in the right direction. The leader is the one who is leading them in the right direction. And you know what that means? That means the leader is the one who is out in front. And the leader is the one who's going to get shot at. The leader is the one who is going to be criticized. And oftentimes he will be the target. But that's all a part of the leadership gift. Remember the movie The Patriot? Mel Gibson played that lead role. And at the end of that movie, when the British soldiers had the militia retreating and running away from them, do you remember what Mel Gibson did? He grabbed that flag and he went running right through the retreating militia. And all the while, he's waving that flag and he's crying out to his his brothers who are retreating and he is saying no no don't don't run away freedom let's fight and they listened to his voice they turned around and they ran back with him and they fought the british and they won the battle that's leadership and we need more leaders in the lord's church who will take up the fight against the enemy. We're not fighting one another. We're fighting the enemy. Our, our battle is not against flesh and blood. Our battle against, is against the enemy, the, the devil. And we need leaders who will lead in that battle against the devil. Would you pray for more leaders to follow the leader of all leaders, King Jesus? How about the gift of mercy? Paul says in Romans 12, if this is your gift, then use it cheerfully. What is the gift of mercy? Let me read to you a couple of definitions to help you understand what this gift is. The gift of mercy is the distinctive ability to feel sincere empathy and compassion in ways that result in practical relief for people's hurts, pain, and and suffering. Here's another definition 
of this particular gift of mercy. The ability to empathize with hurting people and to translate compassion into cheerful acts of service. Do you know who is the greatest example of this gift of mercy? It's Jesus. As He was here on this earth, He was constantly showing mercy to people. He met the blind man on the road and was merciful to him. To the leper, He was merciful to him. To the prostitute, He was merciful to her. But let me remind you, He also said to her, sin no more. So just because one is merciful and tender doesn't mean that we don't stand on the truth and require the truth. And that was Jesus. He was balanced, but He definitely is the perfect example of mercy. He, to the hungry crowd, He was merciful to them. Mercy sees people's needs and then is moved to meet those needs through compassion. I'm thinking of, of Judy Cowan, or uh, Judy Davis now. Uh, Judy is one of our our ladies in the church who has the gift of mercy. And I see that particularly with her as she works with the older people at the nursing home. She's tender towards them. She's helpful. You can sense the love that she has for these people. She has the gift of mercy. The Good Samaritan is another example of one who has this gift of mercy. You can read that story in Luke chapter 10. Most of you will remember that story. There was a man who was injured on the side of the road. The priest and the Levite just passed him by. They certainly didn't have the gift of mercy. They were busy. They had their own agenda. But the Samaritan came by and out of mercy, he stopped to help the injured man. He, he was tender towards him. He was helpful with him. He put him on his own donkey and, and paid his expenses at the end. And he stayed up with him all through the night giving care to him. That is the gift of mercy. And here is the gift of mercy. Let me read this to you. Ephesians chapter 2, beginning with verse 3 and reading through verse 7. Among them too we all formerly lived in the lust of our flesh, indulging the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, even as the rest. But God, being rich in mercy, because of His great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And raised us up with Him and seated us with Him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the ages to come He might show the surpassing riches of His grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. That is mercy at its best. And because God has been merciful to us. We should be merciful to others. All of us should be showing mercy to the hurting. We should be showing mercy to those who are in need. And and that shows up in a lot of different ways. It, It may show up through sponsoring an orphan. It may show up through sponsoring 
a missionary. It may show up through sponsoring a wounded warrior. It may show up through helping a person who's going through a crisis in their life. It may show up through helping a, a reaching out and touching a handicapped person and helping them. It may, it may show up as you go and you visit the shut-in. It may show up as you go to the hospital, to the nursing home. It's the gift of mercy. And you see a need. And you are moved with compassion towards that person. And you do what you need to do to meet the need. That's what mercy is all about. The gift of mercy. You know what your spiritual gift is? If you do, I hope you are using it. If you don't yet know what your spiritual gift is, and don't, don't for a moment sit there and say, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I've been around here a long time. I'm at the tail end of my life. I'm just I'm too old. No, nobody's too old as long as you're still breathing. As long as you're still breathing. You need to be trying to find what your spiritual gift is and then using that gift to the glory of God and to the building up of the church. And you may say, I I don't know what I can do. I don't have too much energy. Take a look at that list of spiritual gifts. There's one on there that's yours. You can encourage somebody. You can be a servant to somebody. You can be practicing your spiritual gift of intercession for somebody. You can show mercy to somebody. Find what your spiritual gift is and use it to His glory and to the building up of the body of believers. And when you begin down that road, your tail will begin to wag. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, help us. Help us to find that gift and to use that gift to your glory and to your honor. And thank you for your wonderful grace. You have given to us your Son. You have given to us your Holy Spirit. You have given to us these spiritual gifts to use. And Lord, if there's anyone here today that's outside of Jesus, would you convict? And we pray this in Jesus' name.